Well, that's super fun, man. I, I remember dedicating Mariah and dedicating um, Ashlyn and, and Caleb and our kids, and um, it's just so grateful for them, and so grateful for God's idea of them, and of course, God's idea for them would have never happened if Susie and I hadn't gotten together, so I'm kind of grateful for her, even though she keeps leaving me. I don't know. I don't know. We did a marriage conference last week, and I think we might have some, uh, need some counseling, um, but you guys, if think back, because uh, we're starting a series here tonight, and uh, a new series that we're actually going to do for a while, and it's called Gotta Get You Into My Life. Okay, how many of you guys remember that song? All right. Here's a quick question for you. See if you, if you music nerds out there. Which version do you like better? The Beatles or Earth, Wind, and Fire? How many of you love the Beatles version? How many of you love Earth, Wind, and Fire's version? Okay, those of you guys who love the Beatles version, you just have to hear the Earth, Wind, and Fire version. All right, just kidding, just kidding. All right, gotta get you into my life. I want all of you who are married, do you remember that? Do you remember that moment when, when you first met your future spouse? And I remember meeting Susie, and it's like, I will do anything that I need to do to get that woman into my life. Because the more I got to know her, the more I realized how awesome she was, how beautiful she was, and I was so drawn to her. And so that's what happens. Any one of us that got married, you made, and, and it's crazy, the unbelievable goofy things you will do to get that person into your life. Because you believe that if they do get into your life, you're convinced that somehow it's gonna be more complete and more fulfilling. And not only are they going to do that for you, but the other beautiful thing about that relationship is all you want to do is love them. You want to get into their life. You are so interested in who they are. And those things about them attract you and you dive in. And I just want to tell you, marriage is a small taste. It's just a small taste of God's love for you. And so I hope you know this tonight by the time we're done. He so wants you in his life <laughs> that he would send Jesus, literally send his son and sacrifice him as I said, so, so that he could forgive us so we could be reconciled. God's like, I want you in my life. <laughs> but the other cool thing about God, he also says, I want to be in your life. Your life matters to him. It mad everyone's life matters to him. And God says all this because he knows that he is life. We talked about this in our series as we went through 1 John. God himself is the one who is eternal life. And so he says, so I want to get into your life because I can take every portion of who you are. I designed you. I created you. Every part of your life matters to me. So I want to get into that part of your life. But... He also knows this. He goes, I've got things that are part of who I am that are also a part of life that you haven't even dreamed of. And so I want to ask you to get in my life, Jesus says. Follow me. <laughs> Follow me. And you will experience life. So I really do believe any follower of Jesus says that. God, i got to have you in my life. I need you in my life, and I want you. But the heart of the Father and of Jesus says the same thing, and I've got to have you in my life. 
Now, here's what's cool, you guys. Um, if we actually allow Jesus to be in our life, every part of our life, and if we jump into his life and this kind of shared experience that we have, there's three things. It is a win, win, win <laughs> every single time in every facet of our life, okay? So let's just look at these real quick. When Jesus gets in our life, the first thing that happens is our lives get fulfilled. Jesus actually said that. He goes, I came so that you could have life and have it to the full. He's always telling us beautiful things like this. He goes, I tell you this so that my joy will be in you and so that your joy will be complete. He goes, I want to make your life everything it's meant to be. He goes, in this world, you're going to have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. He goes, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, God is saying, I want to give you my joy. I want to give you my peace. I want to give you my wisdom, my love. You name it. Jesus actually is saying, if you let me into your life, and if you follow me into mine, he goes, your life will be fulfilled. That's the first thing that you can know every time we let this happen. But here's the second thing. If Jesus is in your life, everybody else gets blessed. Everybody else gets blessed. It's a win-win. Because when you let Jesus into your life, he loves everybody. He actually comes to set us free from ourselves. As he fills us with himself, the next thing you know, we finally have his eyes. He pours his love into our hearts. And the next thing you know, the fruit of the Spirit starts happening. And you're more kind. And you're more gentle. And you're more patient. And you sacrifice for others. You put other people's interests above your own. And you know what happens? Jesus gets in your life and everybody around you, your husband, your wife, your children, your coworkers, your fellow students, everybody around you gets blessed when Jesus actually gets in your life, okay? And then here's the third thing, win, win, win. When Jesus gets in your life and you actually follow him, God gets glorified. God gets glorified. His whole plan was to create the church, to create a group of people who are filled with the very spirit of Jesus Christ so that we start living like him. When Jesus was on earth, then we, people were saying, we got to see the image of the invisible God. And now what's the church called? The body of? We're the body of Christ. So now God's whole plan was to say, if you let Jesus in your life and follow him and, 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 and if you'll do his life and, and be in him, I'm telling you guys, God gets glorified. And I want to tell you, this, here's what's true. I don't think any decision ever that any of us make to obey Jesus will ever miss out on any one of these three things. Every time we follow Jesus, and we let him into our life, and we let him be Lord of it, and every time we follow him, those three things happen. You get fulfilled, people get blessed, and God gets glorified every time. But here's the other thing. When we don't let Jesus into our life, and when we decide not to do what he says and not follow him, just the opposite happens. Our lives don't get fulfilled, and the people around us don't get blessed, and God doesn't get glorified. So, that's where we're going for this next series. I got to get you into my life. And part of what we're going to do with this, you guys, the, the trigger for actually doing this series is when we looked at this last series, we looked at the, the Great Commission, right? Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. 
And so go make disciples. We said, as you're going, disciple who? Everyone. As you're going, disciple everyone, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, which means helping them to receive Christ into their life, and then teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded. And lo, I'll be with you the whole time. So we were thinking about that, and it's like, huh. So if I'm actually going to help someone become a disciple of Jesus, and what's a disciple of Jesus? It's just a follower. It's someone who follows Jesus with a desire to be like Jesus. Well, if I'm going to help somebody do that, then Jesus says, well, then you got to teach them to obey everything I've commanded. <laughs> you know, and I think about that, we go, obey commands. Like, that doesn't sound very exciting. But I want to remind you of this. If we help people say yes to God in what Jesus has commanded, your life will be fulfilled. Everybody around you will be blessed and God will get glorified. So that's why I want to do the series because we also want to help us to know if I'm going to walk alongside, alongside someone and help them become a follower of Jesus, here are the things that we want to help teach them. So I'm going to be looking at John 17. If you guys have your Bibles, and obviously it'll always be up here on the screen. John chapter 14 through 16 is right at the end of Jesus' life. And it's an amazing discourse. It's, I mean, there's so much rich teaching in John 14 through 16. The last thing he says is this. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Okay? Now, I'm going to read portions of John 17. He starts a prayer now. And, I want, and I'm just going to report part of it, and then I'm going to unpack it. I'm going to show you tonight, my goal tonight, is that all of us will leave with a real sense of why in the world would I want Jesus in my life? And why would I want to be committed to following him and his? All right? So here we go, John chapter 17. After Jesus said this, I don't know if that means the whole three chapters of chapter 14, 15, and 16, or that last awesome phrase, take heart, I've overcome the world. But after Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and he prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those that you've given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Wow. That's <laughs> you guys, we could sit with John 17 for months. It's, it's such an amazing passage. But do you notice already, already the trifecta, even for the life of Jesus, is mentioned in here. Glorify your son. But why does Jesus want to be glorified? What, what's he say? That's right. Glorify him, glorify your son, so that you may be glorified. See, his whole desire, Mariah said it well when she kicked off our morning. Why are we really here? Ultimately, it's about him, that he is worth our life. 
And Jesus is saying, God, I want, glorify me because I want you to actually be glorified. I want people to see you. And I want to give people eternal life. See, so Jesus is also thinking, if we do this, God, everybody's going to be blessed. (laughs) The whole world is going to have opportunity for eternal life. This This is the way of Jesus. He wants to bless everybody. He wants to glorify his father. And so as he goes on and he talks about eternal life, and I'll, I'll break that down in just a second. But then I'm going to jump down to verse 20 because he prays for his disciples. But then in verse 20, you guys, this is so cool. I've always loved this. Jesus actually prayed for us. He actually prayed for us. And look what he prayed. My prayer is not for them alone, meaning his disciples. He goes, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. So any one of us in here who believe, he's prayed for us. What does he pray? That all of them may be one, Father. Just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you've sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. And then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. God, this is such good stuff. All right, let me unpack eternal life first. The first thing that we need to understand about eternal life is it's a gift. It's a gift. In, chapter, in, in, in verse two, he said, for God, you granted him, the son of man, authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all of those that you've given him. And so I, I just, I just want to say, um, if some of you are here tonight and you, at this point, have not actually received the gift of eternal life. It's you don't earn it, You don't work for it. One of the most beautiful things about the message that Jesus gave that is different than any other message is everyone else says you have to do certain things to appease God. So in other words, you have to work to actually be able to receive salvation or receive eternal life. And if you do enough things, then God will give that to you. Guys, that's called a wage, (laughs) You work for something and you get paid for it. But Jesus says, it's not a wage. It's a gift. I love Romans 6.23 says this, for the wages of sin is death. So in other words, what you earn by saying no to God and by living ways opposite of him, you earn something there. You actually earn death. You actually earn separation from God. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a gift. One of my favorite verses in, in Ephesians 2 just says, for you are saved by grace <laughs> through faith, not by works, so that no one can boast. You are a, it, it, God wants to give you the gift of eternal life. But the next definition, the next verse is crazy about eternal life. Because I think when we think about eternal life, most of us think I get to live forever And you do, which is pretty cool. But Jesus actually defines it right here. Eternal life is knowing God. Eternal life is knowing God. John 17, three, 
Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. So you know, here, here's the gift, you guys. What God, what Jesus wants to give, the gift of eternal life, he's saying, I'm giving you the gift of a relationship with God. You can know him personally. This word knowing does not knowing about. Now, those of you guys who've been with me for years, you guys know this, this is a deep passion of mine. But it doesn't, but I want to make sure that all of you who came today understand this. Eternal life is not knowing things about God. That doesn't save you. It's knowing him personally. It literally means that that Jesus comes and is present in your life and you are engaged in his life. It's a relational knowing. And I, and, I, and I use my wife, who's in Virginia right now, apart from me. That's not how it's supposed to be. I wanted her in my life. See, and, and, and the reason that I know Susie so deeply and so intimately is because I have let her in to my life more than any of you in this room. And the flip side is true too. Susie actually wanted me to be in her life and I wanted that. So I have dove in to who she is, to her pain, to her history, to her dreams, to her passions, to her interests. And here's what's true, I'm just gonna say it again, here's what's true about all of you in this room and me included. To the level that you let someone into your life and the level that you engage in their life, that's how deeply you actually know someone. And did you hear what Jesus said? He goes, I will give eternal life to you. And eternal life is a you get to know God. And that happens when God gets in your life and you get in his, and he will give you that gift. So on one hand, eternal life is a gift. God gives it to you. For God so loved the world that whoever would believe in him should not perish, but have, receive eternal life. So he will give you, but what he's giving you is himself. But here's the other thing. On the other hand, if it's a relationship, then you grow in that. You grow in the experience. I, I married Susie. I made the covenant to her. On that day, I pledged to give her my life, and she pledged to give me that life. We received each other on that day. But for 24 years now, what have we been doing? We've been getting to know each other. And it gets deeper and richer and better. Ephesians 1.17 says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. See, and so this is what we're talking about, you guys. This is discipleship right here. When Jesus says, go make disciples, go disciple people, teaching them to obey, what he's saying is, I want people to grow in their relationship with me. I want them to know me more. I want them to know me better. And so, because when that happens, I'm letting God into my life more, I'm engaged in his life more. You know, what, you know what happens? We start to share life. And then we actually look more like him. I didn't even think about this till right now. Have you guys ever, ever seen this where they've shown that people who are married for a really long time start to actually look like each other? 
Have you guys seen that? It's actually kind of interesting that that, that, that takes place. I, and we're not going with people who own dogs and they look like they're dogs, okay? Because we know that's out there as well. But I, I just know this. After 24 years of sharing life with Susie, man, there are some things. The poor girl used to eat healthy, you know, and stuff. <laughs> I mean, she liked like tofu and all that kind of stuff. I, I've never even heard of or tasted tofu till I met my wife. And, and now I know why I never met, had tofu before I met my wife. But anyway, but there, there, there are all these different things that, that we've changed and we've shifted. We've become one. Discipleship means I'm following Jesus. I'm letting him in to every part of my life. And I'm getting to know who he is And when he says, hey, this is who I am, come follow me, every time you take that step, you know what? You start looking like him. And when you start looking like him, you start blessing people and you start glorifying God. And that's what we're created to do. I love how Jesus says this. This is all from uh, from, uh, uh, John chapter 15. He says, remain in me as I also remain in you. See, there it is. Remain in me, get into me, as I also remain in you. I'm in your life, and I want you in my life. And then he says, I am the vine, and you're the branches. If you remain in me, and I and I in you. You guys catching this? It's a both and. It's a relationship of intimacy with each other. Man, you cannot have a good relationship where one person wants to get in the other person's life and the other person has no interest in the other person. So it's not a good relationship. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branch. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. The fruit of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness the fruit that is of God. He goes, let me in and I'll produce that fruit in your life. Follow me, get in my life and that fruit will be produced through your life. Then he says, this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. If I'm in you and you're in me, you're gonna start looking like me. You will show yourself to be my disciple. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to be at peace. You're going to be filled with joy. And your life's going to be fulfilled. And you're going to bless everybody around you. And you're going to glorify God. And then he says that. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Do you guys see this? Do you see the trifecta everywhere? He wants your joy to be complete. Anybody want some joy? No. no. Are you kidding me? Like this world needs joy and God's like, I want you to have joy and I want it to be complete. But here's how that works. You gotta let me in. You got me to let me in. Let me in. The more you let me in to every area of your life, the more joy and peace you're going to have. And then follow me. Follow my way. Do the things that I do. And I'm telling you, your joy will be complete. 
and you'll glorify your Father, and you're going to bless everybody around you. Win, win, win. So, Christ. And then, this was crazy. I love this stuff, man. I, I love this so much. Like, Paul, if you guys read the Bible in the New Testament, this is Paul. Half the time, he's going, you're in Christ, you're in Christ, you're in Christ, you're in Christ. And then you flip it around, he goes, Christ is in you, Christ is in you, Christ is in you, Christ is in you. <laughs> and I remember for years, I'm like, well, which one is it? He's like, yes. <laughs> yes. You're in him, and he's in you. And then when I found out, that's what it means to know anybody. Man, I want Jesus in my life. I got to get him into my life. And man, Jesus wants me in his life because he wants my joy to be complete. He wants me to bless everybody I run into. And man, he wants my life to be showing Jesus to the world. So Christ is in our life. And then I read this John 17, which I love, and I just saw this this week as I was studying. Look at what Jesus says in verse 22 and 23. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. I love it. He says, I'm giving them the glory that you gave me. And then he says, I'm in them. You know, you know what the Bible tells us, you guys? Ephesians chapter one says, we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms is ours in Christ. He says, I give you the glory that God gave me. And there it is. Every spiritual blessing is yours. In 2 Peter chapter one, it says that we have everything we need for life and godliness to live a godly life. How? Through our knowledge of Jesus. The more we know him, the more we have everything we need for life. Now, how do we know him? I let him into my life and I get into his life, just like any other relationship. And not only is he in our life, and then we're in Christ's life. In verses 20 and 21, this is fascinating. Look what Jesus prays. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me, which is you and me, that all of them may be one, Father. Look at this. Just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us. God's prayer, Jesus' prayer, is that you and I would actually be in relationship, in the relationship of the Father and the Son. And what, is, what does Jesus say? Just as, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. You guys want a little trini, trini, Trinity dissertation? You're not gonna get it, all right? But it's the beauty, it is the beautiful essence of our God. You know what Jesus is saying? Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, here's what he's saying. We are in perfect union with each other. We share life perfectly. And then Jesus prays, now I pray for you guys. May they be in us. God, bring them into our life so they can share life with us. It's fascinating. So here's what we're gonna do for the next 12 weeks. We've, uh, we've been looking at this for a couple years. There are, we're gonna go through six areas that are pretty much every human being's life. Okay, now there's more than six, obviously. There's, there's tons. But universally, there's like six areas where we're gonna say, you know what? How do we get Jesus Christ into these areas of our life? And, when, and, and you guys, by the way, do you, do you know that Jesus is like king of kings? Yeah. 
Do you know like he's like Lord of everything? So here's the issue. If you actually let Jesus in, what happens? He gets to call the shots. And I think that's why we go, ah, you know, I like Jesus saving me and forgiving me, but I'm not sure I really want you messing with my life. And he goes, okay, well, if you don't really want me in that area of your life, you won't be fulfilled, you won't be blessing everybody, and you definitely won't be glorifying my Father, okay? So let me in, and let's get this trifecta working, okay? So here's the six areas that we're gonna be looking at over the next three months. Christ in my life, and we need to say this, you guys, Jesus, I need to get you into my identity. That's the first one. Who, who tells you your identity? Where do you get your identity from? From what the world says or from what people say? You guys, we have to let Jesus come in. Do we got this up on the screen? Is this a, I think this, there we are. We gotta get him into our identity. Secondly, we gotta learn how to get Jesus into our sin. Any of you got sin? Okay, yeah. How does G Jesus, do you guys think this is cool? He wants to get into your sin and forgive it and give you power over it. And then, how does he get into my work? See, because we think, like, here's our one hour, right? Here's why we do 167. You know, Jesus is saying, wherever you go to work, he goes, I go to work with you. <laughs> I want to show you, you got to learn, Jesus, how do you fill me with your spirit so that you get into my workplace? Man, we spend more time at work than you guys are doing anything else. <laughs> how do we do that? We're going to talk about that. How do I get Jesus into my finances? We'll probably have really low attendance on that day. <laughs> You know, I'm serious, man. It's like, hey, man, I love you, Jesus, but don't mess with my money. Yeah, I, I, I have to say this every time. I just say that when people get baptized, right, they go under and they hold their wallet up like this. <laughs> like, yeah, you come into my life, Jesus, but not, not, but I'm telling you guys, what, what, finances are one of the biggest killers of marriages, right? Finances cause more stress and anxiety and fear. Finances cause us to be greedy instead of like Jesus. He goes, let me in, let me in, let me in if you want to be fulfilled and bless others and glorify me. Then we're going to talk about our sexuality. Now, that might be the highest attended. We might go from lowest to highest. This is going to be a hot one. In our culture today, will we let Jesus into our sexuality? That's a big, huge topic, and we're going to dive in. And then how do I let him in our relationships, okay? Here's what he's saying. If you let me in as Lord... If you follow me and do what I say in those six areas, you guys, you're going to experience life like you've never had before. You'll have more peace and joy than you knew was possible. And in every one of those areas, you will bless people around you. And the world will finally get to see me through your life. All right? And now we're going to do the other six. And then we're going to look at six things about Jesus' life. Okay? Because there's some other things that Jesus talks about that we just kind of, until we follow him, we don't really go there. Number one, and Jesus is saying, I need you to get into my love. And we're gonna look at his love and why it's so unique and so different than any other human love. And if, he, if we actually follow Christ, right now we got stuff like love your enemies. You know, don't, why do you just love the people that are like you? We can, he goes, people who don't know me do that. He goes, there's, there's no glory in just loving people who, who, who are like you. Anyway, we're gonna get into his love. We're gonna get into his service because Jesus is like, the greatest in my kingdom is the servant of all. I didn't come to be served, I came to serve. So if we follow Jesus and we look like him, then we lay our life down and we serve. You know, this would be a great, yeah, join us on Saturday. 
This is what Jesus does. He goes, I give my life away. So let's be the body of Christ and let's hop into the South Salt Lake and let's let those people see Jesus. We're gonna get into his compassion. All through the Bible, Jesus always cares. And, and Amy gets up here for the foster child. He always has cared for the orphan. Old Testament, New Testament, the fatherless, the widow, the alien, the foreigner, and the poor. He, there's no way that we can say, I follow Jesus, but I don't care about the poor, and I don't care about the foreigner, and I don't care about the orphan, and I don't care about the widow. Because that's just Jesus. So we gotta talk about that. Let's get into his life. This is an instrument. We're gonna talk about how to get into Jesus' suffering. Okay, another low-attended day. But Paul says, I want to share in the sufferings of Christ so that somehow I might attain to the resurrection. That's going to be a fun day. Can't wait for that one. And then Jesus' church. How, how, can I, how can I follow Jesus and yet not be an active part of his body? If it, he goes, you're my body and you're my bride. So if, we, if we're, if we're going to fully engage with Jesus, we get into his church. And then the last one is his mission. We get in, we involved in his mission. He came, I came to seek and to save the lost. I want every person on this planet. So if we follow him, we jump in with him. All right? Matthew 16, Jesus says, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. You guys, I'm, I'm really excited about this series because I really do believe if we'll take Jesus serious on every one of these 12 things, we have a chance to absolutely be transformed in our lives, to be more free than we've ever been, to bless, bless people like we've never blessed them, and to let the world see how good and beautiful Christ is. So Candace and Kyle, come on up. Crazy cool thing that they chose this song. And I'm just gonna say it one last time. If Jesus is the Lord of these areas of our life. We're gonna be fulfilled and blessing. But if he's not, you guys, we need to take this serious. If we go, Jesus, I don't want you in that area of my life, okay, then you're not gonna know me as deeply and intimately as you could. I want you to know me in this area. I want you to be free. I want you to, to live like me in every one of these areas. And then I, and, and don't miss this. I'm gonna close with this. What's the purpose? What's the motivation? Can I say, if you're not a follower of Jesus today, I want to say the first motivation is find your life. Find your life. Find a peace that's greater than the world can give you. Find a joy in every circumstance. Find your purpose and your identity and why you're on this planet. Yes, receive Christ and let him be Lord so that you'll find your life. That's a great motivation. But I'm telling you, once you've found that, he says, now love. He has the other motivation is, I want to bless people on this planet. But as Mariah kicked off our day, and as this song's going to say, the ultimate purpose is to reveal the glory of God to the world so that the world might come to know Jesus. Did you hear him pray? Father, do this. Make them one. May they be in us. May I be in them to bring them to unity. Why? So that the world may know that I have come from the Father. So that they'll know who I am. You guys, this is Jesus' plan to glorify God. It's through us. We're created in him. We're created by him. And we are created for him. 
Any other purpose that trumps that one is idolatry and it is not what we were created for. Yes, receiving Christ is receiving eternal life and it's what we were created for. We will have all that, but it'll never stop there if we're really following Jesus. And so we want to live for him, always receiving from him, always receiving, but always giving it back. So Jesus, we are your people and we are your church. Would you come and clean the temple? Would you clean all these other things inside of us and get them out of here so that we won't be having any idolatry, we won't be giving our life to anything else? We will want you in our life as Lord. Give us life, life to the full. Make us beautiful so that you're glorified. All right, let's stand and let's sing our final song.